Welcome to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast inspired by Tuesdays with Maury, a book I wrote 25 years ago and still resonates today, not only with me, but apparently with many, many people around the globe. Millions of people who have touched that book and been touched by the teachings of my old college professor, Maury Schwartz, who was kind enough to share one last class in what's important in life once you know you're going to die, as he did from Lou Gehrig's disease. And we're sharing some of those lessons with you every week. My co-host is Lisa Goich, who is here with us right now. Lisa, good to see you. Hello there, Mitch. How are you? I'm fine. I just got back from a week in Haiti. Finally, we were nice. able to return able to return to Haiti um, to the orphanage that we operate there. And I've been going for the last 10 plus years, every month of my life. And then coronavirus came in March. And for the first time in over 10 years, I had to miss not only one month, but multiple months. And it was really torturous. I so hated not being with the kids. And, and when we finally got down there, it was funny. Uh, it had been about four months of so four visits. And we came in the door and normally the kids mob us, mob us when uh -huh. we get there. Myself, my wife, and just like mob. And that's after they haven't seen us in three or four weeks, let alone four right. months. And this time they all came out. We got out of the car and they came out and they were kind of like watching, sort of uh, not sure what to do. And I said, hi, you could see them sort of smiling, but they weren't moving. And finally oh I said, uh, well, what's going on here? Come on, let's make some noise. They kind of tenuously sort of ran up and kind of hugged us. And later I found out that our staff had, thinking that this was what I wanted, had warned them, don't hug Mr. Mitch or Miss Janine. Oh. Don't, because, you know, they won't want you to because they'll be worried about COVID-19. So their instincts were to run up, but their, you know, the message that had been given to them was don't do it. And so you right. could see in their eyes they were fighting against themselves because the natural instinct is just to run and yeah. jump and to be so happy. And they're sort of like half smiling, half kind of, <laughs> I don't know, am I allowed to do this? Am I going to get in trouble? And, uh, of course, in the end, we finally got all the hugs that we wanted. We were, we were tested before we went down there and went straight there and didn't have any contact with anybody. And I've been tested since I came home and all that. And knock wood or whatever I'm knocking here, no, no positives of any kind with our kids since March, not with our kids, oh, not with our great. staff or anything. So, yeah, we've been wow. able to manage to uh, straight arm it out. But it speaks to something that we're going to talk about today here in the program, and that is intuition. You can call it intuition. You can call it instinct. But that little voice inside of you that tells you things that perhaps the world isn't necessarily telling you, maybe it's even the opposite of what the world is telling you, what your friends are telling you, what the situation is telling you. Have you ever been in one of those situations where, for no apparent factual reason, a voice inside of you says something to the effect of don't do it, or mm -hmm. don't make that decision, or do do something that you thought you weren't going to do. It's telling you something to do telling you some kind of information that runs afoul of all your sensory and intelligent and factual information, but yet you say to yourself, I don't know, I feel something is wrong. I feel 
like I should do, da, da, da. Yes. Maury, Maury Schwartz went through this. Interestingly enough, the very first time we talked, when I came to visit him every Tuesday, and I finally eventually set up a tape recorder and we sort of taped our conversations, one of the very first things he said to me about his uh, discovery that he had Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, was that he sort of knew it before any doctor diagnosed it. Listen to this here. Prior to the diagnosis, I had been sleeping very, very poorly for a year or two. And I couldn't figure out what the hell it was all about. After I got the diagnosis, in retrospect, it occurred to me that I had had an intuitive sense that I had a very serious illness. Because I kept thinking I'm going to be dying. And when I wasn't sleeping, Mm -hmm. if I went to sleep, I'd never wake up. You were afraid to go to sleep? Yeah, that's why I wasn't sleeping. Mm. And I couldn't fall asleep, so I'd get all kinds of sedation to help me. And I know, I thought, well, I should be able to figure out why. The why of that situation for Maury's sleeplessness turned out to be that he did indeed have this terrible disease as he was sort of dreaming that he had, an intuitive sense, as he said, that I had a very serious disease. Now, how often does that happen, that you're sort of convinced, I have a serious disease, when you have Mm -hmm. not been diagnosed with a serious disease? Now, I would say what my imagination has taken me to, I have a serious disease like a hundred times. And as it's turned out, I haven't. So, uh, and then a few times when I wasn't thinking anything about it, it turned out that I did. So it may be that my intuition (laughs) is really not all that hooked up. I need to rewire it. But more, more often than me are people like Maury who just can sense something is up. Have you ever had that, Lisa, where you, you've sensed something even though everything on the surface level seems okay? Definitely. And I don't want to get into it because I don't want to say exactly what it was, but I once something happened. And at the time that it happened, I said to myself, I have this or this is this is going on right now. And I'm not kidding you. It happened. And I wish it's not going to make any sense to anybody when I say this. But at the moment, at the moment of impact that this thing happened, I knew that something was up and mm. it was and mm. i i don't i have there's no reason for me to know it there was no you just felt it because it's it was something you, you know it was it. a physical a physical thing that happened yeah so yeah. but you um, felt I it just not so much felt physically it as, as much happened. as cognitively emotionally I felt yeah. it in here and here yeah. but there was nothing physical in me that felt yeah. it it was just mm. something in my in psyche that said yeah yeah well, it was bizarre so I'm here today to talk about that and to say that it's very critical when you have that kind of sense that you listen to it. It's very important that you listen to it because I believe more often than not, there's a reason you're having that sensation. Forget about mm-hmm. my mis... Because what I, what I did, by the way, in those cases was I just went to a doctor 
and said, I, I think, yeah. I feel like this is something that the doctor took the test and proved that it wasn't. Okay, great. I have my, I did still did the right thing by checking because I wouldn't want to sit at home if I thought I had something very serious and not do anything. So I still did the right, right thing. But there are so many situations, think about them, folks, where you are, uh, your intuition tells you something about a situation or about a person that your mind tells you otherwise. Uh, how many times have you run into somebody? Let's talk about people first. How many times have you run into somebody and it's a perfectly normal conversation, all the niceties are there, but something you say something in your brain, you say, I don't know. Something about that. I don't, yep. I don't trust that guy. Yep. I don't trust that guy. How yep. often has that proven to be right versus wrong? For me, I'd Every say time. it's about 80, 80 to 90%. Mm-hmm. Yours is 100%? Okay. Pretty, pretty close to 100%. I'm like a dog or a kid. I could spot, I could spot bad people from a mile away, mm. you mm. know? Well, it happened once. That, oh, sorry, you, I was going to tell you. Do you act really on quick. it? Well, do you act on it? I mean, do you well, like? Two, do you listen yeah. to yourself when when the voice comes and says that's a bad person? Sometimes I let it go because I think I'm being paranoid. But yeah. I'm going to give you one quick story. My, my husband and I were coming out of a. He's a musician. We were coming out of one of his gigs late one night with a friend of ours, and these two guys were walking down the street. But there were a lot of people walking around because it was when bars were letting out and you know right. it was a busy area here in LA and I said to Teddy I go I just don't feel right cross the street I don't know why it wasn't anything physically about the people something mm. in my heart said this he's like you're being paranoid ah, whatever so we get to his van at the time right behind us are these two guys one at gunpoint the other guy standing behind him and they robbed us while we were standing outside of Teddy's van. And instead of me like screaming and being scared, I, I turn around and I look at my husband. I said, I told you so. I told you. Like, <laughs> but you did guy, cross the street, didn't you? Uh, we crossed the street, but with him complaining about it. Oh, but yeah. what they ended up doing was is that they followed us. But I uh-huh. knew the minute I saw something in my soul said, this is not good. Well, yeah. And then they they... They robbed us. And anyway, the guys thought I was crazy because I'm yelling at my husband and they finally let us go, I think, because I was I was. We don't want to rob him. this crazy woman. Yeah. But She's going to need the it. money for therapy. Right. But how did I know that? They were just well, two regular you, guys. But you knew it because apparently you have this sense, this intuition and this sort of instinct. And the reason that I think that people should pay attention to this is, you know, in, in, the, in the real world, Instinct is a very real thing. This is not a, a uh, uh, you know, oh, it's a new agey crystals, uh, you know, mantras type of thing. There, there is every bit uh, the scientific evidence that human beings have uh, intuition and can follow it. I mean, they've studied it. They've, they've done, there was a test where they, I remember scientists, uh, they had like a deck of cards that, if you played the game, you could either win really big or lose really big. And then another deck of cards where you won small, but you almost always won. And oh. lo- long before the people in the experiment said, I think I know what the difference is between the decks, long before their cognitive uh, you know, awareness, conscious 
awareness said, I know what the difference is at Dexa. They measured differences in their the sweat on their palms from taking from mm. one deck to the other. It's like as if they began to think about it before it even the, the words formed. They already Interesting. knew. Yeah, and there's a lot of science on human instinct, and it's a very real thing. And when you look at, I went to Africa last summer, and uh, it was a fascinating, on so many levels, uh, trip. But the thing that opened my eyes the most was the the week or so we spent on safari, where we were just out in the in the bush, watching animals relate to one another, and. The instinct of just staying alive and not being eaten, right? Uh, or the instinct of knowing there's something to be eaten and going after it was so apparent, uh, so apparent in the way that the animals' heads would tilt at the slightest noise and then would take off. And I would say, "What's going on?" And then the guide would say, "Oh, he thinks he hears or thinks he smells a predator, and he's heading in the opposite direction." Sure enough, two seconds later, something would run across our line of vision. It was the predator chasing him but long before you could see this thing that animal had taken off already and whether it's a sound a smell or just an instinct you realize how much this is woven into the fabric of of living creatures Mm -hmm. and if it's woven into the fabric of living creatures meaning animals you have to believe that there's it was woven into us even though we have risen above animal level on a many different some would argue only on a few different uh, levels, but we still maintain some of that intuitive sense of what's right, what's wrong, what's dangerous, and what isn't. There was a situation once where my wife and I were um, on a vacation. We took a rowboat out, and we were out on the open water, out you know from a little island where we were staying. We were out on the open water, and the water was really warm, and it was really, you know, nice. And I said to my wife, mm-hmm. "I want to take a swim. You know, we'll just just jump out and take a swim, swim around the boat." And she got so scared. Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do it! And uh, you know, I, I of course was much more headstrong in those days. I said, "Oh, come on! There's nothing to be. No, there's something wrong. There's something wrong." And I. I dove out of the boat for, and she started crying. Right. And she got so upset that I just stayed in the water for two seconds. I said, okay, 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 okay. And I got back in the boat. And to this day, she swears that she, if I had stayed in the water, I would have been killed. Something was going wow. to happen. Now, I don't know what that would have been, but I've never seen her react like she had a foreboding sense of something, and I was happy to say, okay, if it's that strong, I'm staying right. in the boat, and let's just row back into shore. When things wow. like that happen to you, you should listen to them. You should mm-hmm. absolutely listen to them. These voices are warning you for a reason. Listen to what Maury said about when I was asking him, oh, it was many weeks after that we first had our discussion, just about knowing what really matters in life and what he should get involved with and, and, and shouldn't. Listen to this. My experience has been that the deeper truths are the ones you can't express anyway because they're not be able to be formulated in words. They're sensations, intuitions, feelings, of various kinds 
that we don't have the vocabulary for. So I don't expect my deeper truths to be validated by other people because I know that there are things I can't say because they're not sayable. So I don't need the validation of the outside because I know it's only internally. They'll accept them or not. Now, what Maury is saying here is very important because we've already talked about having these intuitions, but now he's talking about when other people start to react to them. Like I gave you the example of myself in that boat with my wife. So I said, oh, come on, you're crazy, because I didn't have the same intuition that she did. And when people don't have the same intuitions as you or the same instincts as you, they're going to try to talk you out of them. They're going to try to say, it is safe. That person is good. The job is fine. Uh, You'll be perfectly fine going there. You you know, you're fine. You don't have to go to a doctor. All these kinds of things that, that make it just sort of easy. Sometimes they're not malicious in the way that they do them. Sometimes they're just trying to comfort you and saying, don't worry so much. But if you are that worried, if there is something that makes you sense that there's something wrong, you need to listen to that and not worry about the validation of other people. Not worry about, well, they don't think so, or they, they, don't, uh, they disagree. I, I read a piece about um, you know, different kinds of people who deal with their intuition different ways. So there are some people who, when they get a sense of something is wrong or to be avoided or whatever, they call other people and they ask them, what do you think? They say, I'm getting a bad feeling about this. I'm worried about this. I'm nervous about this. I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm not going to do it. What do you think? And they call everybody. What do you think? What do you right. know people like this? What do you think? And the next day you, you say, uh, boy, I got a funny phone call from Jamie yesterday. Uh, she was asking me, oh, you got that? He, she called me too. Asked me what I thought. Right. Really? And the third person said, she called me and asked me what I thought. I said, wow, I thought it was special being asked what I thought. But yeah, apparently she's canvassing the whole world uh-huh. to find out right. should, I, should I or shouldn't I. And then there are other people who are exactly the opposite. They do not reach out to anybody. They only act on their instincts, on their intuition. And they, and they, sometimes it leads them to crazy places and maybe they should have been talked out of something. Uh, these are people who just it, it go out and buy something on a whim. I knew I had to have it. It just said, I, I, I just felt I was supposed to have it. Or I, they take a job someplace. I just felt I was supposed to do it. And then two weeks later, it's like, what a disaster that was. I wish you would mm-hmm. talk to me and let me you know, talk you out of it. So there are times where it can make sense to hear other people or listen to other people if you're doing something stupid. But I'm still going to side on the fact that more often than not, you don't do something stupid. More often than not, your instinct is protective. Just like Mm -hmm. animals' instincts are protective. Just like they say when babies see snakes, even at age six months, snakes, they recoil from them. Now, they have no reason Mm -hmm. to know what a snake is, but yet there's something that tells them danger. Something that tells them danger. And the same way that dogs start barking at things when they hear something a long way off, something instinctively is telling them danger. You need to stay away Mm -hmm. from danger. I trust 
that voice. I don't think that God would have given that instinct to us if it wasn't mm-hmm. meant to protect us in some way. And so no matter what the popular take on your fear, your phobia, your hesitancy, or your decision to rush into something, this is right, I have to do it, or whatever, you should not let the outside world be the determinant factor or talk you out Agreed. of doing it. Have you uh, ever been in a situation where you foolishly let other people talk you out of something that later you said, oh, that would have been a great thing to do and I should have done it? Oh, yeah. I've done that a lot. Although normally it's me talking myself out of something, <laughs> you know, and then I regret it after the fact that I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But no, I've had people I've had people do that to me before where they're like, Although I'm I'm like your friend, the one that checks with a lot of people mm-hmm. prior to doing things. I, I'm not a very good, uh, you know, fly by the seat of my pants girl. I, I just, uh, you know, everything is very well thought out. And when you have, have a, a feeling and an instinct and then you go and check it out with your friends and they say, oh, Lisa, you're crazy or don't worry about it or you shouldn't. Should, how do you how do you what do you end up doing? Do you listen to them or yourself? Uh, I normally listen to myself. I've done that in the past. You know, and the older I get, the better I am at that. But when I was younger, I would just go with the flow and go with what other people did, sort of peer pressure. But now if I really think that something is not good or not cool, I will um, I will follow my own thing. Example is, you know, recently I've been, people know this, or, or, or people know this, I haven't been well. And the first night that I had these pains in my chest, I thought I was having a heart attack. Um, I don't know if you ever do this, Mitch, but sometimes like you tend to overreact, you know, and I think, oh, there's, you know, maybe I'm being a hypochondriac. This is nothing. This is just food, whatever. It's nothing. But something in me said, no, this is really bad. And even during COVID, during everything, I'm like, I'm going to the emergency room. Did not want to go to the emergency room because of the COVID. But I just thought something is really bad going on in me. And it it was for once. Finally, I feel like I justified my, uh, you know, my fears. But but it was just it seemed to me to be beyond uh, just something small. You know, I don't know. I'm very ins- I, I I got a good instinct. I think I have a I, I you know like you said about people. I can a girlfriend of mine once dated this guy. The minute I met him, we went on a double date. Mm-hmm. My hackles. If I were a dog or a cat every hair on my back would have been up, you know? Mm. Um, I said something about this person. It's the way he didn't look at me when he talked to me. I think he could see that I could see, you know? I could see him. Uh And as it turns out, he ended up being a horrible person, a con artist, um, took her for, you know, thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of dollars. And... It's nothing that at the beginning that I, I never went to her and said, oh, you know, I knew it. But I I just felt it the first time I met him. And I don't know. But, yeah. you know. Well, all of those times when, when you feel that, you know, that guy's just not right. That woman just doesn't seem right to me. There's something that makes me uncomfortable. Um, I think you should listen to these these voices. 
And oh, heck yeah. th- they are important guideposts that are built into us. Maybe one day, many, many years from now, we'll be able to break it down and find it within our DNA and, and, and attribute it to something, just like we attribute dr- adrenaline, for example. You know, mm-hmm. adrenaline is a very physical thing that happens. You know, your adrenal glands secrete uh, certain things when you are in a hyper a fight or flight situation. And mm-hmm. when your instincts, which are exactly that, I mean, let's face it, what's fight or flight if not our instincts? And and, right. and suddenly when we sort of feel like we're in danger, something kicks in and physically your adrenal glands start secreting. And, and you know, this is, this is why you are suddenly uh, jolted with energy that should yeah. enable you to run faster than you normally would or go do something. Well, what's the point? You, you're running from danger. The reason that right. you can suddenly run when you, when you get a jolt of adrenaline is your instinct kicking in and turning into something physical. So yeah. that same part of us that makes our adrenal glands jump to attention, I think is, is there in our hearts and in our minds to warn us of bad people or bad situations or even good ones that like I, I, I belong here. You know, I find, for example, that in Haiti, uh, now it's a very uncomfortable uh, place, as you can imagine. It's well mm-hmm. over 100 degrees all the time in the summer, and uh, we barely have electricity uh, to run things. A lot of times we don't have any electricity at all. If you can get an air conditioner to work, you count yourself lucky. Um, the right. beds that we use at this orphanage are obviously not high-quality beds. The pillows are not high-quality pillows. Uh, and yet, when I go there, because I know in my heart that I am making an important difference in the lives of our 52 children, and every day that I'm there, every hour of every day that I'm there, they remind me of that, and they thank me, and they they come to me with their problems or their skin knees or their boy and girl problems or, you know, medical mm-hmm. issues, whatever the case may be. And I you know, just feel needed. I just feel right. necessary that I sleep down there better than I sleep anywhere in the world, including a That's... Four Seasons hotel room bed or <laughs> my own wonderful mattress uh, here. And, and, and now why is that? And I've asked myself over 10 years, it's not, can't be physical because it's not, a good physical environment. The bed's not good. It's a thin mattress. Right. The pillows aren't good. It's hot. It's steamy. There's mosquitoes. There's all kinds of reasons that my sleep should not be satisfactory. But right. it is. It's better than when I'm here. Much better. And I think well, that that has say- to do with my mind and heart saying, you belong here. You are, this That's is, exactly you know, it, you're right. connected to a purpose here that is absent when you're at home. That's not to say life at home is terrible or anything like that, but but there's something here that gives you a sense of contentment that allows you to sleep well. Well, and I think you know that you're in the right place, right? I mean, you know that this is the place you're supposed to be. You feel safe there too, mm-hmm. you know? You have no other reason to think that you're not safe there because you've always been safe there. Right. And maybe there's some certain safety you're keeping the kids safe and, you know... I think instinctually you would know if you weren't supposed to be there. Didn't you say, didn't last time you went, wasn't there an earthquake or something right before you left or right when no, you were there? there was there a manifestation. Some... There was a riot. And, a uh, riot, we got, we that's got, right. Yeah, we got attacked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did you ever have any sense of that prior to that leaving? That it was like coming? It, no. Yeah. I didn't have a sense that it was coming. 
uh, when they started charging at us, I said, Jeez. okay, I have a sense that it's coming. <laughs> but I didn't, but I did have the sense that it would be all right. I didn't oh, panic. Okay. Yeah. I just said, I, God didn't send me here to work mm-hmm. with orphan children to die in the middle of a street riot over political things. I'm not political. I'm not involved in the situation there. Somehow I knew that right. we'd just be able to get that across uh, yeah. to the people. But I mean, maybe I'm just being naive, but I didn't feel fear. And mm-hmm. it turned out mm-hmm. to be fine. We, we weren't, you know, we were, our car was attacked. But we ourselves were not, and eventually they figured out what we were doing. They kind of escorted us to the orphanage. So, I mean, there are times where your you know, your instinct isn't as dangerous as you, the situation is, isn't right. screaming like, run, 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 and you have to why, why, run and wonder why that is. But there are other times where it looks like a perfectly normal situation, like yours with the crossing the street, and actually you should be running. You should be moving. Yeah. You should be on your way. So whether it's about that, you know, physical danger, whether it is about um, a person that you can trust, Mm -hmm. and most certainly in today's day and age of dating and Tinder and, uh, you know, finding your match online, you really have to rely on instinct. You've got to rely on instinct, not just to wade through all the choices, and the flip to swipe ah. swipe right or swipe left or whatever. But once you may choose to meet the person, because anybody can fool you online, but once you choose to meet the person, you've got to go with your instincts there. And if your instinct says, this is a creep, I got to get away, even though he's buying me this expensive dinner or whatever, it is, you need to pay attention to that because you can find yourself oh, yeah. in a bad situation. Every time I watch an episode of Dateline or something, mm-hmm. I wonder, didn't these people ever have a sense of this guy or, you know, like, because as the story gets told, you, I watch it from the beginning and go, oh, bad guy. You know, like, I, I feel like I knew it right away. But of course, that's the way they're telling the story. However, right. it, it astounds me nine out of 10 times that most of these people that were in these situations didn't see these horrible monsters ahead of time you know mm. uh i don't ever forget tinder i'm never if if i get a divorce i will never date again i'm just gonna <laughs> fill my house with more dogs and, and uh. move to montana <laughs> <laughs> well you can do you can do one without the other but. uh so so these are these are examples of you know listening to that inner voice and making sure that you follow it when it makes sense to you and Maury did that for all of his life. And he didn't worry about proving that his way was the correct way. He just mm-hmm. decided, I am going to always follow my heart. I mean, when you say instinct or something, it sounds very clinical. When you say follow my heart, it mm-hmm. sounds romantic. It sounds right. It sounds like story. Mm-hmm. But, but that, what's the difference? It's just another way of saying your instincts your intuitions, following your heart. Here's Maury talking about, towards the end of his life, about how important that is. I don't know I'm right at all. That's what I believe. And I may be wrong. But there's no way of proving 
that this is the way to go. This is what you set up as your stream of values. Mm -hmm. And you pursue them because something inside you, your head and your heart and your intuition and your being says, this is the way I, I want to be. This is the way I was ought to be. This is the way I meant I was meant to be. This is what I'm put on earth for. That last line about this is what I'm put on earth for, I think that sums up what I was talking about on Haiti and why it mm -hmm. just feels instinctively and intuitively like where I'm supposed to be. And when you get these senses in your in your days, folks, that hey, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. You don't have this wanderlust. You don't have a like, uh, boy, wouldn't a nicer house, a newer house be nice? And uh, well, boy, I wonder if I could date somebody better than I'm dating now. Or boy, if I just didn't have to go to work today. Or All those projections that your mind does about a different life, about a different situation. You want to try to get to the place where your instincts are lining up with your existence. And this is the most right. important takeaway of this. You can have all the instincts you want. You can have all the intu intuition you want. You, you can be one of those people who say, you know, I always, I get a, a bad sense, of, a sense about people when they're bad people, and I've always been proven to be right. But then you could say to them, well, how do you know you're proven to be right? Because I gave my money to them every time, and I found out that I was right. <laughs> I shouldn't have. So there's a difference between feeling it and doing something about it, feeling it and doing something about it. If you say, well, I just got a bad feeling about it, but then I ask you, so what did you do? And you say nothing. Right. I just follow protocol. Then that doesn't make sense. Things have to shift as a result of what you're finding. Yes. And, you know, that, that, uh, you know, that's, that's the case. Uh, you know, what, what Maury was talking about, about being put on earth for a certain thing and, and, and knowing that that's where you belong, not waiting for someone else to validate that for you, just knowing in that still, small, quiet voice that speaks to you periodically that you are where you are supposed to be. You are where you are supposed to be. And your instincts will take you there, and you should pay attention to them. If they say run, run. If they say Stand, stand. If they say fight back, mm -hmm. fight back. If they say, you know, it's not worth it, it's not worth it. Because, uh, right. you know, a lot of the macho stuff that goes on these days is really the head and the heart mixing together, you know. The head says that oh, we can take these guys. The heart says, what do we have to take the risk for? So in many right. cases, the heart is the less brave or at least bold or stupid of the organs, the rest of it might want to see, you know, you get all revved up and your adrenaline wants to go do something. And by the way, that's something to pay attention to, too. Don't follow instincts when you are angry. All mm -hmm. right? You're, when you get angry at somebody and your instincts is, I wish I could just, you know, plow into their car. I wish I could just scratch their face. Don't do right. it. Because now you're, you're not giving in to good instincts. You're giving in to bad ones. And those right. ones can very much be misleading. So don't say, well, I was just following my heart when I beat the guy up <laughs> because <laughs> I didn't like the way he looked at me because I could just sense he was going to be trouble. I was just following my heart. Right. Well, you're going to have to walk that back a little bit and say, okay, that's not what right. we mean by it. But uh, otherwise, as Jiminy Cricket said, you know, and always let your conscience be your guide. Uh, there's always 
an internal voice. And Jiminy Cricket what was supposed to be, by the way, that inner voice, just that you could see him. Tinkerbell, the same thing. All the great cartoon characters, heroes, sidekicks, were supposed to guide, and their wisdom can still hold up today. So when you get in trouble and you don't know what to do, give a little whistle. And always <laughs> let your conscience be your guide. And why not? That's a, that's a good way of dealing with it, a good way of wrapping up a, uh, a segment on intuition, the feeling that you have. Let your feelings guide you, not to bad places, but out of danger, away from risk-taking, away from overindulgence. That, that voice inside you will tell you. And somebody like yourself, Lisa, uh, you know, if you've got um, instincts at, at your age, uh, or my age, uh, we've earned them. You know, yeah. this is not just a fourth grader saying, you know, I don't, Mammy, I don't like the bad man. I don't like that bad man. <laughs> These are adults, you and me, who have reason to draw upon our experience, saying, This reminds right. me of a situation I was in before where it was dangerous. I remember uh, we were watching the movie The Natural the other day. Remember the great mm-hmm. Robert Redford movie, The Natural? Yeah, yeah. And he mm-hmm. gets shot at the beginning. He he takes up with a woman who asks him to come to his hotel room, and he uh, it's just a one night you know visit from someone on a train. And against his better instincts, he's just a kid. He's about to become this great young baseball player. Against his better instincts, he goes and to visit her in her hotel room. And it turns out she's crazy, and she pulls a gun on him and shoots him, and shoots him in the stomach. And it derails his career, and he never becomes the baseball pitcher that he could have been. He never makes the major leagues until he's like in his late 30s. And he finally gets a chance. You know, he's already, his career's over. He's got maybe one year left to even try something, and, he, and that's the premise of The Natural. Well, in the book right. that it was written by Bernard Malamud, uh, he describes how the baseball player, Roy Hobbs, goes up to this woman's room against his better instincts, and when she pulls the gun on him and goes to shoot him and shoots him in the stomach, he cups his hands quickly in front of his stomach as if to catch the bullet because he's ah, a baseball player. Right. And he goes to catch the bullet. That's his instinct that he'll be able to protect himself by catching the bullet only to find that it had already entered him. You know, nobody's fast mm. enough to catch a bullet. And mm-hmm. I always remember that as an example of like, um, a symbolic of our desire for our instincts to kick in, but sometimes we we didn't do it fast enough. The instinct he right. should have listened to was the one, don't go to the woman's room. Yeah, he exactly. went anyhow, and then he tries to do the instinct to catch the bullet. It's a little too late. So we yeah. have to distinguish between the, uh, the, the instincts that we most need to listen to and the ones that are subsequent. But that'll give you something to think about for sure, and that's what we aim to do here on Tuesday People, the podcast. We're so grateful that you joined us here. Lisa, you can tell them more about how they can become a bigger part of the Tuesday People community. The best place to go is to our website at wetuesdaypeople.com. Everything is there. Uh, That will guide you to our podcast. That will guide you to um, our Facebook group, our Twitter pages, Instagram, everything. So start there, spread out, and uh, come visit us and be a part of our community. We're glad to have you joining us And we're very grateful to have you in the audience. I'm happy to share some of the wisdom I learned from my old college professor so many years ago and make it current today. We look forward to doing this again with you 
next week. And until we do, we want to wish you both, Lisa and I, stay safe, stay distanced, stay masked, (laughs) uh, and follow that little voice that's inside you. It won't lead you astray. It really won't. Until we talk to you again, this is Mitch Album, along with Lisa Goich, wishing you a great week and see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday, people. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People. <laughs>